This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Drive to deep center field. Going back, Hernandez at the track, right to the wall. Gone! Elvis Andrews! And 29 other MLB clubs. High drive, deep left field. Guerrero lifts one to left field and gone. Oh, Tani, that was a moonshot out there in the right center. Alonzo defends his title, the 2021 Derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from OPS Plus to juiced balls to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Welcome to A's Cast Live here from the Treehouse. And I I, I, got to tell you, it is great to be back. It has been so long since we've been in the Treehouse. If a lot of you remember from not that long ago, we used to do every single home pregame show, whether it was here on A's Cast uh, all the different stations we've been on. I would be in this corner that we're in right now doing the pregame show. And it allowed me to see all of our great A's fans time and time again, day after day after day. And ever since 2020 and the 2020 season and COVID, we haven't been out here. This is the first time we have been out here since 2019 and if you remember back and remember back if any of you are watching on uh, YouTube or you're watching on Twitter we used to have the fancy background here and the whole A's and uh, I don't even know where it is anymore to be honest with you but this is what we have now is we're having a special day we're having happy hour today so come and see us here in the treehouse and outside the treehouse of course the dj is going to be going because it's a friday night but it is great to be back in the treehouses we were apart when they when they first took this bar which used to be just a regular bar that was built in mount davis for raider games and they wanted to make something oakland they wanted to make something A's, and they wanted to get rid of the generic bar that was built for Raiders, even though the Raiders would have one extra season here at the Coliseum. This was even open for Raider games. But it was such a great addition of a place to go that didn't feel like your normal stadium bar, that the Treehouse has games in it. It's got a different look to it. And, of course, has been sponsored by Bullet Bourbon for a long time. And I know over the years, like on Sundays, I'd bring my kids out here. And they'd play foosball, cornhole, and have a great time. So it is just great to be back at the treehouse because we've essentially 
been stuck inside the press box because of COVID rules, whether it was set by Alameda County, whether it was set by Major League Baseball, we have been stuck in the press box for two years. And it feels so refreshing to be out and knowing that within minutes we're going to have a lot of fans coming in here for this special happy hour. Amelia Schimmel's going to be doing a little bingo. We're going to hear a little bingo going on. A lot of prizes to be given away. But uh, second half of the season. I know it started yesterday, but yesterday for me, even though I was still on vacation, didn't feel like it. It's a makeup game. It's a doubleheader. Today really is the start of the second half for the Oakland Athletics. And one thing that I noticed, and Cody, good to see you. Uh, were you worried at all while you were gone that I might Wally Pip you for pre and post game? I got to be honest with you. You have not stopped talking about it <laughs> on or off the air since it happened. That's a big deal. Ratings have never been higher. Literally, all you talk about is this. It was my big break. Jess and I did a great job. This was your biggest accomplishment? Because um, you're going to be doing it. Don't so, worry, my wife's not listening, so marriage wasn't it. So you're, was, was it the first marriage? Uh, or the, the second marriage? Uh, second one. Okay. <laughs> and you're doing it tomorrow because we have a little emergency going on. I'll be doing television tomorrow over at NBC Sports California. You're doing it tomorrow and Sunday also. Is that now going to take the next? Is that, is that going to be all we talk about in August? Uh, yeah, Jess and I are both doing it tomorrow. That's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Um, I'm going to have to update my Twitter bio to say A's pre and post on occasion. Okay. All right. Get it out of your system yeah. so we can talk show and not yeah. about you. Okay. It's out of the way now. Okay. It's how are you? But I mean, I'm good. I'm, I, I, if you notice, I asked him first, how are you? He's so consumed by himself, he can't even <laughs> respond to my question of how are you? Um, I'm, I'm good. Uh, it was a great couple days. Uh, I was at the uh, Home Run Derby with my wife and father-in-law. Great time. Uh, did not expect Juan Soto to win the home run derby. I, you know, was pulling for Pete Alonso. As although I had to change our open now because it says the 2021 Derby champion. I have to now fix that because Pete's not the champion anymore. But uh, more importantly, how was San Diego? Refreshing. It's nice sitting on a beach for a week with the kids. As we are now going through that, um, and not to bore the audience, <laughs> we're going through that as parents realizing, oh my God, teenagers, everything's about talking about college. We're not having a few more summers like this. The summers are running out. So we took advantage of a, uh, a nice time to recharge. Something that I find interesting, and David Force is going to be here, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics at 415. Paul Blackburn, Polly Winday has become Polly All-Star. We'll talk to Paul Blackburn sometime after BP. He is going to be here. It's going to be here in the treehouse. Yes. We're actually getting a player up here in the treehouse, if you can believe it. And then the voice of your Oakland Athletics, Ken Korak, will be here at 5 o'clock. I thought about this. I had a lot of time to think about this because, you know, what do smart teams do? Especially smart teams that right now are not going to spend an extreme amount of money. Be smart and clever and be ahead of the other teams. I, in my hand, hold an article about Juan Soto. And it says 10 teams that could make an offer. 
And then there's other people who believe there's really only five teams or even less who can afford them. And then you say to yourself, well, okay, who are those five teams? Now, Yankees already got a problem that they're paying John Carlo. And now they've got to pay Judge. Can they afford Soto? Probably, but do they want to? Probably not. As Hal Steinbrenner has been fiscally responsible. That's one thing they've tried to do. They don't want to go over the luxury cap anymore. They don't want to do that anymore. Nobody does. The Mets came in because Steve Cohn is worth $16 billion, and he's a big-time Mets fan, and he's like, to the hell with it. We'll spend whatever. But at some point, as we see with all ownerships, whether it's NFL, NBA, there, there gets to be a point to where writing that luxury tax check gets old real fast. Our friends across the Bay, the San Francisco Giants, they're living proof. Uh, we don't want to be over that tax anymore. You know, it used to be the let's get under the tax to kind of reset and then maybe go over it again. Now you're finding teams do not want to go over it at all. You know another team like that? Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. You know, at first they were like, yeah, we'll go over the tax where the Dodgers were making. Now the Dodgers don't want to go over it. And look at them. They've got their, they've got their big contract with Mookie Betts. Now you want another at another outfielder at $200 million more than what Mookie Betts is making? Probably less than $200 million, but not that far off. Yeah, it's like, it's like Mookie makes like, what, three sixty-five over the length of his deal? And this kid wants over $500 million? I'll just go with that. I don't know if it's yeah. what he will sign for. But I mean, he rejected 440 so. You've got to think it's five. You know, Boris is going to try and get that five mark. He wants to make history, and he wants to go over Trout. So right here it has Yankees, Blue Jays, White Sox, Mets, Dodgers, Giants. Then it's got some other teams. But then it made me think. You want to be ahead of the curve? And the general manager is showing up in five minutes. We can't ask him about Juan Soto. You can't. Juan Soto is under contract for another team. That's tampering. He could get fined. Bad deal. Can't ask him. But I can ask him about player A. And who player A is at 23 years old with three years left to control after this? Would it be a boss move for the A's to get involved with the whole premise of one of two things? A... You're going to get him to flip him. We're going to play Flip This House or uh, Brothers Real Estate or what are all the shows on cable about real estate that are super popular? Do I look like a guy that watches that? Christina by the Coast or whatever it is. There's there's all kinds of these shows about real estate and about how to – basically, Juan Soto is this house, okay? By the way, this is the – Bucket hat giveaway, which you can get Bucket tomorrow. Bucket hat giveaway. Tomorrow, tomorrow and Saturday. Or tomorrow and Sunday. Juan Soto is this house. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put him on the market. And I want everybody to come into this house and check out this house. All right? And you can make me your offer. And that would be in the offseason because the A's would trade for him here at the deadline on August 2nd. Now you got all offseason. Make me an offer for whatever you think you want this hat for. And I could do the deal and say, here's the hat. Or I could say, nope, I'm keeping him. Let's start the season. So I got 
I got all off-season to sell tickets. I'm taking pictures of him in the white cleats and the white uniform. He's our guy. And then at the trading deadline, whoop, put the house back out on the market and see what I can get for him. And then what do I do if I don't get it for him? I can take him back because he's still just 24 years old. I can do this for three years until I get the package I want for this bucket hat. Why not? I mean, you could say right now to the Marlins, not to the Marlins, to the Nationals, I'll give you Frankie Montas. I'll give you Cole Irvin, who's going tonight. Cole Irvin's got a 1.6 ERA at home, which is the best in the American League. That gives you two legit starters. I'll give you Langoliers. I'll give you whatever you want because I think I'm going to flip him for a way better package anyway. It's Matt Holiday all over again, except he's way better than Matt Holiday. I got a kid who's 23 years old who's got three years of service, who's won a World Series, who's performed in the postseason. And really, I'm just keeping him for this offseason. And I'm putting that bucket hat, which is Juan Soto, out on the market this offseason saying, line them up, baby, 29 teams, what you give. Because you know what? There could be one of those teams who then wants to do the exact same thing. Because right now, rumors have it, as the trading deadline is going to be here like that, that the top three prospects for the Yankees, for the Nets, they don't want to give them up. They do not want to give up their top prospects. for. They'll give up a top one, maybe two, but they don't want to go three or four for Juan Soto. They don't, especially since they're going to have to pay $500 million for the guy. So why not get into the real estate business and option B, which I haven't even given you yet. Are you ready for option B? Are you excited about option A? I was excited about hearing about Juan Soto. and I mean, this is almost like Mookie to the A's when Hembo told us that a few years ago. Yes, Hembo said it. Paul Hembikides from ESPN, and we went, whoa, that can't happen. Why not? All right, did you like option A? Yeah, well, yeah, it makes sense. Now I'm going to give you option B. Howard Terminal going to happen? Is it going to be the Howard Terminal of Vegas? You need your Barry Bonds for a new ballpark. Barry Bonds helped build Pac Bell Park. There's no question. Trade for Juan Soto. You say to hell with it. This is our Barry Bonds. This is our centerpiece for Howard Terminal or, I hate to say it, Ace fans, but Las Vegas. You want a star player? You want a guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer? You want that guy? You want a big return on your investment? All right. You got it one of two ways. I'm either keeping my bucket hat, which is Juan Soto, and I'm building my new ballpark around it, or I'm flipping it for a bunch of prospects that are better than Shane Langoliers and will get me more long-term than Frankie Montas and Cole Irvin. That's a future, futures game MVP, and, Shane Langoliers. And I'm throwing Sean Murphy. How many catchers do the Nationals need? Well, then again, I mean, we can say the same question. I'm just throwing them out there. Who do you want? Here's my menu. Take, hey, order. Here's starters, entrees, and desserts. What do you want? Because yeah, in the end, I'm either keeping Juan Soto for my new ballpark as the prize of selling my new ballpark, or I'm flipping him. And I'm flipping him for more than Sean Murphy, Shane Langoliers, and Frankie Montas, or whoever we're talking about. Because I will get back. Better than what we got now. Yeah, I mean, we know the numbers with Soto already. Although he does have more walks than hits right now, currently in the season, looking to be the first player since Joey Votto last year to finish with more walks than hits in the season. But you know what you're going to get from Soto as an offensive player. I heard it somewhere, I forget where, Buster only compared Soto potentially getting traded to Babe Ruth being traded. 
from the Red Sox to the Yankees, like that's how big. That's of a like deal. the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, he's he's Babe, Ru- Babe Ruth being traded from Boston to New York helped save baseball. Yeah, I don't know if Juan Soto Te- traded. Teams were struggling so bad financially that when the Yankees came to town, they would sell out, make a bunch of money, and that would help them to the next time the Yankees came back. Juan Soto. Juan Soto could walk down the street in just about every major market in the United States of America, and no one knows who the hell he is. That's fact. You want me to break? Yeah. Why? Uh, I think we're going to have to call David Forst. So I have to get that set up. Why don't you just call? I'll just keep talking. Well, okay. I, I, I think it's a brilliant idea. I mean, think about the options. And it also helps you by saying, do you guys like me using the bucket hat example? Okay, here's Juan Soto by me saying, I can keep Juan Soto for Howard Terminal. I can keep Juan Soto for us and build around him long term. That helps my trading leverage. It's all about leverage. It's business. Why not get into the Juan Soto business? Why not? You've got nothing, you've got nothing to lose in this play. Think about this. Think of Howard Terminal we get in November. City council votes, binding vote, Howard Terminal, boom, we're doing this, we're going. You've got all these years just how the Giants did it around Barry Bonds. Do you think that keeping Will Clark, do you think keeping Matt Williams was going to help build Pac Bell Park? The fact that you had an MVP candidate and you didn't know at the time was going to get on roids and become Super Barry and do amazing things. But Barry Bonds was the signature piece that you needed to build a new ballpark, to help a new ballpark, to sell a new ballpark. You could sell the new ballpark and a a great player, the best player that you've had since, let's say, a Jason Giambi, a Miguel Tejada, a Ricky Henderson, a Jose Canseco. We're talking about MVPs. We're talking about the guy that's considered the best player in the league. You could have that guy in his prime. He's not even in his prime yet. He's 23 years old. And then if you don't have the business part of it, you guess what you do? You flip it. You flip him. And you got multiple seasons to do it. That's something that I love, too, is that you've got this entire offseason, and you know people are going to want him. Did you hear all the guys at the All-Star game? We're trying to get – they're calling up their front offices. you got to get him. you got to get him. You don't think the Mets over time are going to give you what, what you want? You don't think there's a team and there's always the outlier? I mean, my God, Albert Pujols. Just think about the Albert Pujols negotiations. He was staying in St. Louis because he loves St. Louis, or he was going to the Marlins. He was going to help build that franchise in that new ballpark in South Florida. That winter meetings, I want to say, was in Tennessee. Was that a Nashville, Tennessee winter meetings where they were all fighting over Albert Pujols and where he's going to go? And out of nowhere, the mystery team was... The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and Artie Moreno came in with the big checkbook and Disney and everybody shocked the baseball world. You could have that. 
Do you imagine what that would do to the A's and the A's image? Where it is now, all of a sudden they pull off the, the, the coup to, to get him? That would be unreal. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is now time for the David Ford Show here on A's Cast. Hope you had a uh, uh, somewhat of, of a restful All-Star break, but I, I know you were very busy. How was it for you? That's, that's like the, the last question you should ask anyone in baseball operations these days. I know. Everybody I've, everybody I've talked to is a little bitter about the one-day All-Star break after the draft finally finished, so we, we shouldn't go too deep into that one. So, so like – you're trying to do draft and you're trying to do trading deadline. Like how, how do you balance doing both at the same time as a general manager of an organization? Uh, I have a lot of help. So that's, uh, that makes it a little easier, but this look this year, just sort of, unfortunately the way it worked out with the all-star break kind of being later than usual, it just, the two are going to blend into each other. I actually, I had already looked at the 23 schedule and the all-star breaks like a week earlier next year, the all-star game is. And so it, it just, it just worked out that way this year. But, uh, but yeah, when we, we finished the draft Tuesday afternoon and, and all of a sudden you've got a countdown to the trade deadline. So it it, uh, it hit pretty close this year. Take us in the war the war room. How was everybody feeling about the draft? Oh, everybody, everybody did a great job. I, I was impressed with, with the whole week of work, Eric uh, always does a good job, you know, with the scouts running the discussion, and um, you know, you never know how that first night's going to play out because there's so many uncertainties about uh, about the board and with all those picks in front of you. But uh, we we couldn't have been happier, and, and Daniel Susak was a a player who for most of the spring uh, we assumed would not be available. A lot of the mock drafts throughout. March and April had him going, you know, closer up in the top 10. And, um, you know, again, you never know how or why these things work out, but uh, we, we were thrilled that he was available. Well, I mean, it's something that you've done for many, many years because you've had such successful teams. You're always picking late in the draft. Take us through that process to where, yes, you know you want the catcher, but, you know, reality is someone could take him 17, 18, and you gotta you got to have plan B, C, D, what is that like when you're coming up to your pick? For sure, yeah. You, you better be ready because, uh, I mean, forget the first round. We, we got picked in like the 18th and 19th round with, you know, teams a couple ahead of us taking guys who we had targeted. So it can happen anywhere. Um, and it, it just it requires a lot, of, a lot of phone calls between Eric and Dan and myself. We're all 
touching base with agents, making sure we know what, you know, what the signing bonus demands are, what the agent thinks is going to happen and, and kind of asking other people around the game to get Intel. So, you know, you try and play it out over those couple of hours, uh, you know, before you pick. But um, I, I would say, you know, once we got five or six picks out, I think we had a pretty decent idea of what was going to happen and uh, able to touch base with Daniel and, and, you know, glad it worked out. You know, with the whole slotting and knowing, you know, the range that you, you can sign guys in, hopefully, doesn't always work out, but hopefully going to be in that range. How much has that changed the first round in the entire draft? Well, it, it helps a lot with the first round. I think it's really sort of, you know, focused th- those conversations. So I, I would say when it comes to your first round pick with the slots, it, it, it makes a big difference. You know, elsewhere in the draft, it, it has led to a lot of different strategies and a lot of different conversations because, um, you know, there are, there are players and agents trying to leverage their positions to get different places in the draft based on the, the slot and their bonus demand. There are, you know, there are different ways to go about it in terms of using a lot of your pool money up top. Uh, and then, you know, saving money down low. Um, this year was particularly challenging because we're still close enough to the 2020 season where a lot of these guys who are, you know, juniors and seniors in college still have two or three years of, of eligibility left. And, um, you know, put that, add that on top of the new transfer portal in college baseball where guys have the opportunity to, to move around and, and better their their college situation there's there's just a lot of variables it's hard to know until you really you know get to your pick you know what what a guy is looking for what kind of leverage he has and, and what you want what decision you want to make on your end so there, there's just there's a lot of things that have been added into the mix in recent years not just the the pool and the, the slot money but uh, it's all you know it's all part of the equation of finding the right guy oh my god don't even david don't even get me started on the transfer portal this whole thing especially <laughs> with college football has become such a mess there's so many kids that are stuck in the portal they're not getting offered scholarships. they gave up their scholarships and they're now in yeah. a portal and no one's offering them scholarships they're, they've completely changed and potentially ruined their athletic careers i i that that is just a mess but you know when when, when you're looking at the draft uh i don't know if you saw the article but there was an article before the draft it was talking about the oakland athletics Moneyball, obviously movie book and the whole thing about college players versus high school players and how the a's have done over the years how more college players have been drafted over the years since the Moneyball book has come out when you go into a draft now do you say to yourself i want to be drafting more college guys, high school guys? How, how do you do it, and how do you think you fared? Well, I, I think the, the dynamics have changed a lot over the last 20 years. And since, we're, since we are, you know, sort of 20 years away from the Moneyball draft, it got talked about a decent amount. Um, you're talking about a huge increase in the amount of information available in the competition. Um, you know, we, we were at a time in the early 2000s when – you know, players from different parts of the country weren't necessarily playing against each other in tournaments or in showcases. And you, you was really, it was legitimately hard to evaluate guys. Uh, now, with the infrastructure that exists in amateur baseball, no one is going unseen. No one who's a potential first or second round pick is not playing year-round against, 
you know, everybody else who's in that same category. So, um, so the evaluations are so much easier. Also, there are opportunities to get the exact same data and information on high school players that there are on major league players. And these guys are playing in showcases and big league stadiums with stat cast systems running. So it's, it's a totally different uh, thing than it is now, uh, than it was then, excuse me. As far as what our goal is, I mean, I think you've seen the last two years when we took Tyler Soderstrom and Max Muncy in the first round um, that we, we don't sort of go in with a preconceived notion of taking college versus high school. We, we've, we've done a really good job of letting the board play out making sure our evaluations are solid uh, and, you know, and picking the best player. I think there was some, you know, some scuttlebutt about us taking a catcher this year and, you know, having taken Tyler just two years ago, having Shea Langeliers won the MVP of the Futures game the night before. You know, there's some people who said, you guys, you're, you have a lot of catchers. Hey, the draft is designed to take the best player possible and get him to the big leagues. And then you figure it out from there. And, and we think that's what we got. Please tell me you guys still go old school, like on a whiteboard and write the names out. We, we've transferred from writing the names to actually having like magnets with each name. <laughs> but yeah, we, it, it's manual. We don't have a computer screen up there. You'd be, you'd be proud of our draft group. <laughs> you mean you, you don't have like the old school projector we had when we were like elementary school and you, you, you put the clear paper on there so it projects? You don't do that? No, it's it's too bad we don't because Eric spent decades perfecting his handwriting. It's really good. We don't get to uh, we don't get to utilize it anymore. But we have uh, we have a team of interns that helps out Haley Alvarez and Greg Ledford, our our scouting assistants, who um, you know who, who get 750 or 800 names, however many, up on the board in the form of magnets, and, and we move them around that way. So, I, you know, I know yesterday's game was, 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 you know, the old makeup game. A team comes in for a doubleheader. To me, really, the second half starts tonight. You got the Rangers for three in division. Just what are your expectations for this team here in the second half? Well, I think we, you know, you and I have talked about this. And, and you know, the, the, goal is, the goal is to win as many games as possible. The goal is to play hard. Uh, and the goal is also to to evaluate at the same time. And uh, I think as we as we go forward here, particularly you know as we get past the next ten days, um, you know we will see how much how much evaluating we can do and how much looking ahead. Um, but Kotz has these guys focused and, and playing hard. Uh, we didn't play a particularly clean game in the first first one yesterday, um, but we did. But we did come out and play good baseball in the second game and obviously pitched well. Uh, and hopefully there's more of that ahead. And then obviously something I get all the time in the postgame show, when are we going to see younger guys coming up? I don't know when that happens. I mean, obviously decisions have to be made. There's only so many roster spots. You got veterans on the club. Do you think we'll start, When do you think we'll start seeing more players? And we may not. Just when do you think that may possibly happen? Yeah, there's not a there's not a clean answer to that one. It's it's going to go you know up and down over the course of the last couple of months of the season. Guy, you know, guys guys will come and get opportunities. They'll go back down. You know, we've we've seen Zach Logue come up and down however many times now, including yesterday, where he you know pitched a, a really good competitive game. So that's that's going to be more of the norm as opposed to you know finding a date where you just sort of flip a switch and you're like, oh, here are the young guys. It's it's just unfortunately it's not that clean and, and we'll have to continue to see guys go up and down and get their opportunities but that 
that is similarly valuable for, for us and for Mark and the staff to, to get a sense of guys and, and know what we've got. How big was it yesterday to get Frankie out there for three innings, strikes out five, doesn't give up a run, uh, just, you know, for, for the conversations that you were having, how good is that? Well, forget the conversations. I mean, he's our, he's our ace, and it's nice to have him out on the mound anytime. And, you know, it was, it was great that he was able to avoid the IL. He kept, you know, kept saying he felt good. Um, you know, we knew there was a chance he might pitch in Houston last weekend, but ultimately he felt, he felt better kind of ramping it up in a, a simulated situation and pitching on the side. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's nice to have him out there. You know anytime he's there, you're going to be in the game. He, he went out and, you know, was his usual self for three innings, and uh, it was a good first step getting him back on the mound. Let's end on this. I know you're really busy. We appreciate the time here on a Friday. Do, do you think it'll be busy for you by the second, or do you think, eh, we'll just have to wait and see? Well, it's going to be busy, whether that ultimately, you know, ends in something that, that the fans see in, in the form of a trade is, is for anyone to say. Um, but, yeah, I was, you know, I was four minutes late to answering your call because it's already busy. So um, that, that is not, not up in the air. It's going to be busy. Our group is going to be working hard for the next 10 days. Uh, again, whether that ends up, you know, in actually executing anything, we'll, we'll wait and see. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like, fans will ask, well, why didn't you ask him about You're like, because that's called tampering. Because you can't talk about other teams play like like people don't understand that you as the general manager can't say let's say Juan Soto everybody's talking about Juan Soto you can't talk about Juan Soto because Juan Soto is under contract with another team. That's right. Yeah, usually that saves us. I get I get someone in my position off the hook from having to do that. There there are some people who you know sort of play with that that lie in that little gray area but it's it's an easy one for us to say yeah if you're following the rules you're not talking about people under contract with other teams well uh enjoy uh, hopefully a little rest time if you can have it because obviously you're going to have a lot of time on your phone between now and august 2nd i bet your wife is thrilled I, I'm not going there. So. <laughs> I, I, I can just imagine how mine would be. All right, you be well. We'll talk soon. All right, see you, Chris. David Forrest, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. Obviously, busy times. We got Connect Four. Of it. One of my favorite, Catherine. Can we get Catherine? Can, I know we haven't booked you. Can we sneak you on the program? We have Connect Four games. My all-time, maybe one of the only games I can still beat my kids in is Connect Four. Because as my kids have turned into teenagers, um, we have, we have, we've gotten to a point to where I've really struggled in the old board games. And uh, it's been rough. By the way, we do have the DJ going here in the treehouse, as we said earlier. It's uh, great to be on. Catherine Aker, our vice president, and... Uh, of the Oakland Athletics going to be joining us here on A's Cast Live. It has been a while since we have had you on the program. How are you? I'm doing great. I, I shouldn't have come over to the table because I got wrangled on to being on. So that's, thanks for having me. That is the deal. Like you come over, it's like we've got a guest, a yes. built-in guest. You know, I got to say, of all these, I guess, years and all the shows that we did every single day before every single game and seeing the fans and always fist pumping everybody and then 
to have you know obviously COVID take that away this is our first time back it feels great I know you know I agree with you that we are getting back to a new normal and we're trying to really focus on the fan experience the second half of this season and so now we're adding some things happy hour on Friday nights Amelia Schimmel's hosting bingo for a little while we have a lot of great prizes we're gonna be looking at doing some stuff on championship plaza on Saturdays Uh, maybe some BP access for fans. So, again, we're just really trying to welcome people back and increase the fan experience um, when you're here. And something that, you know, fans need to understand, and, I, you know, we do the show with Dave, the build, and I've said this to him, and the same thing for David Force we just had on, and you're a big part of it, is that you guys, your main concern was protecting everybody, whether it was your employees. uh, For David, it was not only – our team here but the entire minor leagues uh for dave it's the entire organization uh for you it's the fans i think everybody needs to understand that all the decisions that were made with alameda county and the city of oakland yes it sucked we couldn't be in here but it was all to keep people safe and you guys for all of us keeping all of us safe you did a great job oh well thank you and you know we're still in it we're all still in it so hopefully people continue to be safe and and do what's needed to stay safe but our our directive is to follow what the health officials are saying, and that's what we've done, and then also what MLB is saying. And um, it was, it's been a lot for the last couple of years, but again, like we're excited, and the weather's beautiful, yeah. and it's just a, a great time to kind of come out to the ballpark. Yeah, it's like, it's like a reopening yes. kind of, because we got summertime, kids are not back in school yet, we still have weeks before that, and the treehouse, and the way the treehouse was always set up, it was set up as like a special place for A's fans, because it used to be just a generic bar, but it was set up for A's fans yes. to come and watch games and enjoy. Well, and I'm so glad you guys are back. I know you've been on the field, and I know you love being on the field on Fridays, and, and that's such an ex- special experience as yeah. well, but I mean, what's been happening here on Friday nights with our DJs and kind of the other games and activities and activations that are now happening like it is a party it's open to everyone and it's a lot of fun and I think I'm encouraging people to come out for the last couple Friday night games early 4 30 open up a little early watch some A's BP get to see you guys get to play some games you know and just have a little bit of fun you brought connect four I did this is one of my all-time favorite games. I just, as I just said, it's one of the only games I can still beat my kids at for some reason. Do you reason. think that you could actually play Cody on Connect Four while you guys are interviewing people? Oh, there's right no now? doubt about it. I've been because I think this game. with the video, you know, like let's add to like the the visual experience of what's going on and maybe we could put that on and see what happens i'm gonna say cody has no chance of beating me at this this is one of my go-to's like battleship there's a couple games that i've been playing because remember for for my age group this was the hot i, game I mean when we're I was like kid. we're similar i know i'm I older than you are and, we can you know. be honest <laughs> but yeah i mean this what right this yeah. was a huge game yeah so we have it out here oh and i think i may and my time may be over because another guest is here. From a VP to an all-star? Yes. Does it get any better than this? It gets, no, it's getting better and better. I just filled the time until he came. Well, from all of us for AceCast, thank you for everything you've done for us. I know it's been really tough for all the things that, you know, like we said, we've been going through since 2020. But keeping us rolling and fighting for us to get back on the field yeah. and to do what we do, it, it means a lot. Thank of you course, so much. Of course, of course. I just want to know if Paul is now going to play some Connect Four with you on the air. I think he might be old enough to remember Connect yeah. Four. All right, we'll have a thank you for stopping right, by. Of course, thank you for having me. Get everybody out here on Friday night. We got Paul Blackburn, the uh, the All Stars, joining us. As we just recently had him on that not that long ago, but a lot has changed. We got to talk about the suit 
he was rocking with the uh, with the bow tie, which was absolutely classic. We will play Connect Four, Cody. Me against you. We gave you the nickname Polly Winday. Now it's Polly All Star. How was it? It was a blast. Um, just from all the festivities, sharing the moment with my family and friends. Um, you know, it, it 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 couldn't get couldn't get any better. Um, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. I feel like LA did a gr- very good job, just putting on a good show for for all the fans out there. And uh, no, it was it was a blast. All right, so take us through. You walk into the clubhouse. You're in the American League All Star Clubhouse. You've got all the stars of the game. Everybody's got their locker. First-time All-Stars always talk about that moment where you've arrived. You're now amongst the greatest in the game. What was that like? No, it was, it was really cool. Um, you know, we, we showed up uh, in the morning on the first day right before Team Pictures. And, uh, you know, one of the coolest things, I think, from this weekend was just seeing all the different guys in the clubhouse from different teams, all the All-Stars, putting on their white jerseys yeah. uh, for, their different, for the different teams and everything. Um, that's something that, like, when I saw it, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Like, you don't, you don't really – you don't ever see uh, in a clubhouse with, with you know, a, a Tigers jersey, an Angels jersey, a Mariners, Houston. You got all, all the American League guys in there in their white, in their white home jerseys uh, going out to take a picture. And I just thought that was a, that was a really cool, cool moment uh, for me just to, just to see in person. And it's so different than what it used to be because back in the day, all the guys from different teams really didn't like each other. And especially, like, Bob Gibson would not talk to National League hitters. If you can believe it, like, Bob Gibson would not talk to Willie Mays. He would not talk to Hank Aaron. He wouldn't talk to those guys. He hated hitters. He knew he had to face these guys, so he didn't want to be friends. I have a feeling that's not the way it is now i gotta think there was much more of a friendly vibe yeah no um you know everyone that i met there and talked to was was a a great person um it was it was just everyone just soaking up uh the festivities and everything um you know everyone kind of just getting familiar with each other introducing each other for the first time you know there's a couple guys that i've met before um you know that i saw again um but no there there's nothing but but love going on through through that that clubhouse um with the guys and their interactions with each other so you come out and you get on the mound heart pumping yeah it was uh yeah i i I don't think i could feel my legs running in there um you know it was it was i feel like i've it was the fastest i've probably ever ran to a mound um (laughs) and my heart was just going like i was I probably threw 15 warm-up pitches. I was just, just rifling, rifling through my yeah. warm-up pitches. Um, but no, everything, uh, everything was was great. The atmosphere was was amazing there. Um, it was just a really like surreal moment for me. Was there a game plan at all, or you just? I mean, you, you, I mean, you're not, you're pitching one inning. You got yeah. a couple guys you're gonna face. I mean, what? What's it like? You get out there. What you, the catcher, has it work? Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, I was told that I had the fourth inning, possible third inning, uh, depending on kind of what happened uh, in the in the inning. So before. you don't even know what inning. Yeah. So I was told the <laughs> I was told the fourth. Um, you know, I was warming up down there, and it was uh, in the top of the fourth. We scored three runs. So I'm down there just warming up, warming up, just like, man, this is this inning. It felt like it was a two hour inning uh, when I was down there. Um, and then the bullpen coach that was down there just let me know, like, these are the guys that are coming up for them or slated to come up. Um, and then we went out there, and, you know, I just kind of – I told uh, I told Kirk kind of what I throw and yeah. threw, all my, threw all my pitches to him in, in warm-ups. And then we just 
we just went with it. We just, we, yeah, we just, he just kind of used, used my arsenal as I feel like it's, as it would be used. Wife, child, suit, bow tie, all the pregame festivities. What was that like? It was, it was really cool. Um, you know, the whole just, just the whole red carpet thing. Like, you, you see it. Um, you know, I've never walked a red carpet yeah. in my life um, and, and before that. And it was just I didn't really know what to expect, um, you know. But it was, uh, it was a, I guess, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, kind of feeling doing that for the first time, walking out there, red carpet with my family. Uh, people have been, they've been next to me, you know, my whole, my whole journey through all of this. Um, and then just, just seeing everyone else's uh, suits and just like they're just how they're dressed up and everything. It was it was cool. It was it was a cool experience. Well, it may be the first. Doesn't mean it's going to be the last. And these kind of situations change a little bit, right? Because you've now walked amongst the best. When you walked out of the All Star Game and you head back, what was that feeling like? Um and. and it didn't. It, nothing really. It didn't really like hit me. Hit me until uh, I kind of got back back to Oakland on on Wednesday. Um, just just that's the that's really the the first time I really had to kind of just sit down and like think about it. And it was like, man, it's cool. Like I was just a big league all star. Like that was cool. I met like all these great players. Like I met all these great players right now. Former great players. Uh, just picked the brains of of some of the best guys in the league right now. Um, it was. It was incredible. The whole experience was just incredible. Did anybody give you a tip where you just go, ah, now that's a good idea? <laughs> um, no, uh, not, not, I mean, tips, yes. Um, you know, I talked, uh, I talked to uh, Clay Holmes a little bit um, just about, like, his thought process with his sinker. Um, I, talked to, I talked to Romano a little bit, not necessarily about pitch grip, just, just kind of just chatting it up with him and talking. Um, and I, I talked to uh, McClanahan a little bit about just like his changeup and just like kind of what he thinks when he throws it and, and all that. And just like little stuff that, you know, might help me or I could try and see if, see if it you know, gives me a little bit of advantage or something like that. I, I feel like that, that is uh, what is cool about, about this game. And like everyone's different. Every pitcher's different. Everyone thinks differently out there. Everyone has a different repertoire. And just picking the brains of like what, what's kind of going on in your head when you're, when you're throwing this pitch and whatnot. Like what, what's made this pitch like so good for you? You know, and I, f- I feel like that's, that's, just, that's just what I enjoy so much about, about pitching and being around pitchers. It's so cool because I don't know where else. And it's almost like a major championship in golf and a bunch of guys are on the range looking at each other's clubs and how do you hit it, you know. It's like where are you really going to get this opportunity other than the All-Star game to get this type of talent together and to really kind of like swap stories because technically during that few days you're on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, no, um, and I think that that uh, that helps. I think like an all-star setting, you know, you have guys that are from the same team, a couple guys from the same team, know each other, whatnot. But most of the guys that came in, at least like the first year guys, they weren't, they didn't really know many people. So I think it just made it a little easier to kind of venture on over to somebody, introduce yourself, start talking uh, about baseball, or talking about you know what you know like. Like I like watching you pitch because I like I like that you do this or whatever it may be. Um, little things like that just kind of opens up a conversation. And then you talk pitching. Like I feel like every every baseball, at least every pitcher likes to talk pitching. Um, you know, and it was I feel like that everyone being in the same clubhouse kind of allows that communication to be a little more free than kind of walking up to somebody on the other team on the field and being like, hey man, like can I get a little tip? You know, like you're just around them for for those two days and you know 
they see your face in the clubhouse, you pass pass by and everything. I feel like that just that just helps with with opening the door to have those conversations. Well, I, I told you you're such a great story and I think an inspiration to a lot of kids. I can just tell you I was down at the beach in San Diego for vacation. We're at Guava Beach Restaurant watching the All-Star game. And my kids, who obviously they've kind of grown up here in the treehouse and being around A's baseball, when you came on the mound, it's like, there's our guy. Yeah. So for all A's fans and for all the kids, when you took the mound, you're representing just not yourself, just not the organization. You're representing all us A's fans. I got to think that's pretty cool when everybody's going, hey, that's our guy in the game. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it is cool. You know, and I, I tried to, uh, to go out there and, and do my best to represent uh, this organization in this city to, to the best uh, of my ability. And, you know, I, I always talk about playing here and growing up here and, you know, how I really, really do enjoy playing in Oakland and playing, playing for the A's and just everyone that, that we have here, um, player-wise, coach-wise, staff-wise, you know, everyone that kind of makes everything click here. Um, you know, I've always felt like so much love from, from all of them and, you know, I just, just tried to do my best to go out there and represent the best way I could. Cody has to. Yeah, I got I to gotta ask. So what was the pizza choice the night before the game? Yeah, um, I had barbecue chicken the night the night before uh, I pitched. Um, yeah, it was uh, Yard House was was the only thing open right across the street, and ordered a barbecue chicken pizza from there, and you know try try to stick to my same routine that I have uh, for for a long time now. Were you a little scared not having pizza the night before? Like, oh, no, no pepperoni tonight? Oh, yeah, you like uh, pineapple. Yeah, pepperoni and pineapple, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was, um, no, just, just being there and you're, you're always running around doing something all day long, all day long. Like, and it's like, you know, the whole reason you, you came, well, not the whole reason, but you came to play in the game, and that's like the very, very last thing. So the, the two days are the day. Uh, before and you know half the day leading up to it you're running around all this stuff you're not even thinking about the game you're thinking about okay like I got to be here for red carpet I got to be here for media I got to be here for team picture and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah I got I got a pitch too you know yeah. um, but no it was it was uh, an amazing just an amazing experience well you represented all of us well you did <laughs> a great you. job and let's end on this because I know you got to go um, second half thinking now about games second half starts what are you thinking about what are the keys for you in the second half uh the keys for me would be just just staying within myself um just trying to get back on track to kind of how I was to to start this year um you know my last couple outings to to end it um I feel like there's a couple mechanical things that that were off uh for me but you know just just fine-tuning a little bit a little little bit of that and uh getting into a rhythm you know um as a team, I, I feel like we we made great strides to end the second half. Um, the last last two weeks, I felt like we played really good baseball. Um, you know, we took two out of three in Houston to end it, which uh, is a very hard place to play, and they're you know they're they're one of the best records in, in baseball right now. Um, so I, that gave us a little momentum moving in, and then the, the split of the doubleheader yesterday, um, you know, we're set us up set us up good for for where we see ourselves going in the second half. Um, you know, it's for us. I feel like we we need to. Um, kind of a, eliminate the, the record part of the first half and focus on the second half and just try and go out there and play, play good baseball and win day by day and, and see where that takes us. You know, forever, on the back of your baseball card or when someone goes to baseball reference or they go to Wikipedia, forever now it will say All-Star. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty cool. It's, a cool, uh, it's, it's cool to hear. Um, 
and that's the thing is I don't I don't know I don't I don't I don't think I sit there and think about things enough uh, like personally like achievements and whatnot um, you know it hasn't really it hasn't really like sunk in yet uh, for me you know going through the old experience and everything it was awesome I'll always have those memories um, but you know my my, my my main focus has never kind of been of, of myself it's always been it's always been team um, team and I you know I'd I'd rather go out there and win every game and and you know have have a bad year but contri- contribute to winning teams and then vice versa um, so you know that's that's just how I, I kind of I see things um, so yeah so it's back to being Paulie Winday <laughs> start winning some more games and you know at Hopefully there will be a few more All-Star games, but uh, the first one, obviously, and that was kind of historic, Dodger Stadium and Pujols and Cabrera yeah, and was, all of that was, was uh, awesome. really cool. Well, thank you for coming up to the Treehouse. We appreciate it. Congratulations. Yeah, no thank Once you. again, you did us all proud. Thank you. Down in Los Angeles. <laughs> the great Ken Korak next right here on A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. We are live from the treehouse. It's like we're back home. And a guy that used to, by the way, we're supposed to play Connect Four, Cody, so I will. You got to. Oh, okay. All right, hold on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ken Korak, I guarantee you, has never done an interview while grown men play Connect Four. I'm impressed that you can, like have two or three things going on at once here. You can multitask. Yeah, it is a That's game. That's impressive. Did you ever play this with your daughter? I never did. No, I don't think so. Yeah, this was my game growing up. Okay. And yeah. I'm, re- I'm going to whoop him. I mean, she's grown up now, so my memory's kind of faded a little bit from those days, but I don't think so. Yeah, we had that, uh, we had that moment on vacation where the kids are talking about college, and my wife and I are looking at each other going, we're not going to have too many of these left. So it's a tough when they move out. That's that's a rough deal, right? It's a whole different. We're starting to realize. Is. We're yeah. starting to realize life is going to be a whole. It's a little different. different. Game. It really is. Yeah, there's a void there for sure. So, how was your break? It was great. Thank you. Stayed here and uh, had a good time. Didn't do anything unusual other than some great dinners and some good friends and a little golf, as you might imagine. Do you watch the All Star Game? I, I would normally watch it, yeah, except that I was driving back from Monterey. So it was we had uh, had plans that day, so I actually had it on the radio as I was driving back. Well, so, the, the I mean, yeah, I like why. I mean, if I'm around, I mean, there have been times when we've had uh, folks, you know, like another couple or two over for a little barbecue, and the game will be on. So, 
Yeah, I always like to see how the A's guys are doing, and so that's that's kind of fun too. Yeah, we were out to dinner and got to see Paul Blackburn. But it's like it's like I, I don't really want. To me, it's like you got to get away from the game. Yeah. Because we do it so much, it's every day. But it's night. Nice. It was great. I mean, to me, Paul Blackburn is such a great story. You think of a guy that, as he mentioned last time he was on, where, and he said it now multiple times where he said, you know, I was fired last year before the season. Yeah, he was DFA'd, yeah. And I think when we say DFA'd, it doesn't really ring with fans. But when you say fired, that's something we all as fans well, can resonate. it's the equivalent. Yeah, but to them, when, when, a, when a player says that, I think it really stands out. And uh, I think he's an absolute inspiration. It's been a great story, and then he can tell his grandchildren that he was the last pitcher in an all-star game to face Albert Pujols, and he gets the strikeout of Jock Peterson to finish off the inning, so he pitched great. He didn't look like there were any nerves or anything. It looked like Paul Blackburn out there pitching, so uh, it's been a really good story, and I, even though he was DFA'd by the ball club, I always had the feeling the A's believed in him, too, and that may be maybe a contradiction to say that Chris but I think deep down the A's really felt that something like this could be possible for him well it's very tough for a franchise when you like a guy but the guy has problems staying healthy it just is and it's a number and in the end especially the higher you get it comes down to a numbers game. That's the thing is and you're right I mean you only have so many spots on your 40-man roster you'd love to have 80. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So those things happen. It's like when the A's acquired Lariano from the Astros. The Astros had an issue. They had a bunch of outfielders and prospects, and he was not going to be on their 40-man. And the A's knew that. They had kept in touch with the Astros because the A's had liked Ramon uh, for the previous couple of years, and that's one reason the A's were able to work out the, that, that deal to get Lariano. You know, I was going through my some photos, and – I have this photo from the beginning of the season. It's the 2020 opening roster yes. for the Oakland Athletics. I, I took the picture, show everybody at home. I took the picture. Um, our team really hasn't changed all that much. Yeah, Feldman was saying today, a little trivia in the booth, that the A's have had 11 players make their major league debuts this year, which is a lot too, right? No, it hasn't changed that much. Yeah, but we, we'll we, see we, what happens. We have eleven days until the the uh, deadline. Right? But but it's like we've talked so much about oh we've used so many players da 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 da. But when you actually look at the opening and then you kind of like look at who's playing every day, it hasn't really changed all that much. No, it hasn't. There've been some guys coming and going. Like the A's have a new pitcher with them today. This kid David McKay, because uh, Tapia got sent down to AAA. We haven't seen him yet. Uh, I believe he he may have pitched in relief against the A's like three years ago. I'll have to go check it out. But, uh, yeah, he's with the club today. So there have been some comings and goings. Normally it comes because of your bullpen and also uh, the injured list. Can you check that out when I interview you today on the pregame show? You got you have uh, Vinny for the pregame show today. I got Vinny? Yeah. After so the, you, you, and I have, dip you and I have the uh, postgame uh, experience today. It was good. You know, the doubleheader worked out pretty well from the standpoint that uh, Mark Kotze was able to to save his plus relievers for the second game, and Frankie Motas only went three innings. Looked good. But then he looked really good. Through he was, got up to 98. Feels good today. He's in line to make his next start on Tuesday against the uh, Astros. Austin Pruitt was the bridge to give them two innings. But then he had Kotze had the 
the plus reliever is ready to go beginning in the sixth inning. And then the bullpen slammed the door. So, you know, it wasn't the worst day to get a split yesterday. Uh, and, the, and the club has been kind of dancing around the 500 mark this month. They're 8-9 and nine in July. And, they, you know, they, it was a tough May and a tough June. So if they can get to 500 or over 500 when this month ends, I think that'll be a sign of some progress. You know, when you're on vacation, you've got a lot of time to think about stuff. And this article, all about Juan Soto and all the teams that could trade for Juan Soto, and why this team and why right. who can afford him and all this kind of stuff, it made me think. Yeah, I don't agree with your premise, but go ahead. Put, put your front office hat on. Yeah. Why not the A's? Because the A's are not in a contending window right now. Totally understand. You're only going to have him for two years after this year. I'm talking right. about potentially getting him and flipping him. Well, yeah, that would be that would be a reasonable possibility or to say. But here's the thing. Howard Terminal needs your centerpiece. Yeah, but are you going to pay $500 million for him? I would. Yeah, well, good, <laughs> because John Fisher isn't coming to you for on, a loan anytime I soon I gotta, either. I got a credit yeah, card. I mean, I got a the, the, but the, the, one of the, the point, you're not that far off, because we were talking about this during one of the breaks yesterday, or maybe between games, that let's say the A's were a contending club this year. Uh, and they've been in contention a ton, right? 11 postseasons since yeah. 2000. This is the only opportunity for a team like the A's to maybe get a guy like Soto. Because you're not going to sign him in free agency. He's way, no, out, no of your, he's way out of reach. It's a Matt Holiday but situation. for a contending team, because he's still going to be arbitration eligible, it's going to cost you a lot, but it's not going to cost you $400 million or $500 million. So for a contending team that would be out of the sweepstakes for him in free agency – this would be an opportunity to get a superstar type player for over two years and three postseasons if you make the deal this year to get him. I just don't think the A's are at a point now where there you, you I think you want to make you want to pounce on a move like that when you're in a contending window. Uh, unless like you know, like you said, if you felt like you could flip him at some point, but I don't think that's going to happen, Chris. No, I don't either. I just like the idea and talking about it because I, I've been using these hats. It's like I get this hat, and I can either put this hat for sale, bring it back for the next couple of years until I get what I want because I got that flexibility, or I keep it long-term for a new ballpark. Are, are you going to get, like, two front-line starting pitchers and a 30-home run outfielder for that hat? Maybe. <laughs> You have no idea what kind of hat I could get for this hat. I could get like five hats for this hat maybe in a year. I mean, that's the game. It's poker, right? You're playing poker with other GMs. And I just thought, you know, could I mean, what you could get for them maybe next off season, next year before the deadline. It's kind of like the what you thought in, in the with, with Matt would Holiday. You, would you get as much for him as you have to give up to get him? You're not going to just get him for a couple of dozen titleists. You're going to have to mortgage your whole farm system to get him. I think you and could, if you're the A's, are you going to be willing to do that I at think this you, point? I think you could get a lot for him as he's not even in his prime yet. Right, but my point is, what are you going to have to give up to get him in the first place? Well, that's what, you know, I can't believe everything I read on the Internet, even though I want to. <laughs> a lot of these teams don't want to give up their top three prospects. Somebody's going to, to get this kid. 
I just being in the conversation would be. Okay. I, I, I could see somebody coming in. Well, you in. just had David Forrest on your show. Well, that's tampering. He already so, knows I can't yeah, talk about it. Yeah. But I could see some team coming in saying, I want to win now, and I'll flip him in a year or two. I'll use, up, I'll use him now. I could see Juan Soto playing for two or three different teams in the next five years. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. Everybody just expects the Mets to come in, well, give him five hundred million. Well, until he becomes true. a free agent, and then he's going to latch. Three him. years. Two, yeah. Well, it's two years plus the balance of this year. Right? Yeah, yeah. We got a long way to go. We do. I, yeah. I mean, what if like the Rays came out of nowhere, got him, had held him for a year, try and win a championship this year, next year, and then flip him? That's smart. That'd be good business. It would be good business. Absolutely. Yeah, but they're in a contending window right now for them. So I think it makes more sense for a team like that. Yeah, I was just, you know. Because it's going to cost you a lot of money to pay him, too. He's $17 million right now. Yeah, and it's going to jump, like, double. Do you, the thing, just the thing with me in these contracts is that the majority of them just don't work out. And I think of one player getting $500 million, the return on investment, I know he's. It's crazy. I, yeah. I know he's really good. I mean, I. Ever since Trout has signed his deal, I don't think you've gotten your return on investment. Maybe Mookie Betts, but not too many guys. Well, if you can sign a guy in their 20s, it's a lot different than the Angels signing Albert Pujols. Oh, for, yeah, right? those are disasters. I think those days are over when you're going to sign a guy. And even Miguel Cabrera, who we saw yesterday in the second game, in all due respect, he's one of the greatest players of all time. He hasn't been a great player for four or five years now, right? And you still have one year left on the one deal. One more year, right. That's what kind of made me thought the uh, all-star game thing was was awkward. Not for Pujols because he's already said, I'm out Because he has here. one more year. Yeah. <laughs> but who'd, you'd had to have somebody from the American League, and then yeah. who would have you chosen from the American League? Yeah. There isn't anybody that just jumps out at you. Is there? That's like in their last year that's, that has that kind of cachet. How much time do we have left, Commander? Uh, probably about 20 minutes. Okay. Is there a... <laughs> Is there not for you? I'm just for us on the show. Ken Korak here all day. He'll be doing the pregame show from here. And you can come in and do the rest of my homework when you come in the booth. Uh, let's end on this. What's one thing you are really looking forward to for the second half? Well, I think it goes back to what we've said before, and I, I know we've been repetitive, but I want to see, I want to latch on to players that the A's feel they can go forward with. So that, that's the really big thing for me. I think getting past the deadline, we're going to see what happens with Frankie Montas, right? We have our eyes on the minor leagues. He has lead the league in, in catching prospects now. And that's not a bad thing, by the way, after they, uh, they drafted Daniel Susak. So let's get past the, the deadline. I'd like to see Pache come back here and see what he can do maybe in a second go-round. So maybe Langoliers will be here. So I'm interested in the building blocks for the future. And, and see if those guys can perform at this level. Now, I'm not sure what all the new rules are going to be going forward in Major League Baseball. We're starting to see they're messing with, okay, uh, they're putting basically like a pizza pie behind second base, saying up yeah. the middle, guys can't play anymore uh, when, to, when the shifts, le leaving that base hit up the middle right. there, cleats on the dirt a lot. There's a lot of things that are going to be happening in baseball the next few years. The amount of catchers that can play in one game, I haven't heard of any new rules. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think Soderstrom may move to first base. Like a decent chance, I would think, that he might move over to, to first base to get his bat in there. 
Then you have these other guys that can really play. Sean Murphy has been playing elite baseball for the last five or six weeks, especially so in July because he's batting around 350 in July, but he's over 300 for six weeks now. I mean, he is, it's really been a joy watching him play offensively and defensively. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's been a, a real special thing. It's one of the reasons the A's have kind of stabilized things now. Like I said, around 500 for the last, well, they're 8-8, eight and eight, I guess, for the last 16 games. Well, if they can play two or three catchers going forward, Well, that's Well, there's going to be some decision. I mean, do you, want, do you want, let's say, next year? Murph's young, too, at 27. He is, yeah. and he's controllable. And he's one of the top catchers in baseball. For me, one of the top three or four. So what do you do with Langoliers? So these are great. These are things to ponder. They're good questions to have if you're David Forrest. Because they, Langoliers is ready, right? Yes. Today. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the guy you've got is an yeah. all-star caliber player right now. So, and Murphy wants to play every day. And I think it works out well to have Stephen Vogt as his backup. Because Vogt can play like the second game yesterday. Murphy can DH. Vote is an impactful guy in the clubhouse. He's an important guy for the vibe of the club. And Steven delivered a sack fly yesterday. Had a strike him out, throw him out, double play in the first inning with one of the, the best throws I've seen him make in several years down to second base. So the catching situation right now is not an issue. They're in pretty good shape there. Well, yeah, just looking at the team in general, we're not right. – there's not one position you're going, oh, we got a problem. No, you don't. You got a long You're in pretty good go. shape behind the plate. <laughs> right? We're good with play-by-play. Other places where uh, well, that's a subjective thing too. <laughs> oh my God! Now Cora, no, we get, we're trading you. <laughs> <laughs> they you? might they might have to send me to Midland on a rehab assignment. Can one you of imagine these that? Days. Frankie Montas and Ken Korak traded to the we, package the, deal. He is traded. Well, that's how um, Ernie Harwell got his first major league job. He was working in the minor leagues, and he got traded. To get his first major league job. Look that up. Is that legal? Well, I don't know. It's, a, it's like 70 years ago, man. I don't know. We, they just traded their manager, Chuck Tanner. Yeah, I understand you can trade a manager, but a broadcaster? <laughs> can you imagine telling my wife, hey, I'm sorry, we got traded. We're going to Detroit. Yeah, right. <laughs> In a package deal. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know how that would play. Well, it would not play well at home for you. No, That's it would not right. be good on the home. Front. It wouldn't be very good there. <laughs> All righty, I will. Uh, I'll talk to you after the ball game. Okay, buddy. Thanks. We will talk more about this scenario. I think is very interesting, and it's happy hour here in the treehouse. You're listening to A's Cast Live. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Oh, check it out. Who doesn't want the bucket hat tomorrow against the Texas Rangers? And Sunday. 
And Sunday? We're giving away and yeah. Sunday? There's both days, correct. And you can flip it around. How about that? I have it on right now. It's, I, it's blocked down because of the, the uh, headset, but, yep, that's what you're giving away. Tomorrow and Sunday versus the Rangers. Can you just wear that full time so I don't have to see that haircut? Uh, the haircut's growing on people. I don't. I don't hear anyone saying that. Uh, well, that's. You're, I don't, you're I don't a very hear, finite I, I, audience. I don't. I don't hear anybody saying, "Give me more of your bad European soccer haircut." Well, at least I got the sides and back done. It's not a long and. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Why, why is nobody? Why is nobody feeling me on the Juan Soto? Why, why, why am I out on this island by myself? Why does everybody think this is something that's crazy? I, I just don't think people want to give up the, the prospect capital you're going to need to give up. Who is our prospect capital? We have, like, the lowest-rated farm system. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, like, in the top 20 now. We're not. There's only 30 teams. We were in the bottom three before. <laughs> The Astros are 28th, but yet they keep bringing up dudes that win games. Corey Lee, the most latest one, the cow, the cow catcher. But I mean, seriously, who cares what your farm systems rated? There's teams that have team. There there are teams that have farm systems that are not rated well. The Astros, and they keep producing dudes. The the one that was alarming to me was the Giants. Apparently, the MLB Network put out the uh, the trade the Giants could send to get Soto. And it was like their number one, their number two, their number four, their number six, and their number 12. And everyone's like, no, I wouldn't do it. But remember, the Nationals also, what they're trying to unload, from what I've heard, is they want to unload Patrick Corbin's contract on you, too. Well, it could be worse. I'm not sure I want that. It could be worse. You could have Steven Strasburg and him never pitch again. Hey, I got to tell you, you start looking – at and we could do this let's take the top 10 prospects on every team or whatever however you'd want to do this and actually track where they are now uh and let me tell you something it's not going to be good for those prospects the the majority of those guys do not make it in major league baseball let alone become stars the number one guy right now is actually playing in majors, but I know what you're saying. Riley Green's the number one guy right now, and he's playing for Detroit, so he's going to graduate out of the. That's one guy. You know, I need to look at the rest of the I list. I could go through every team and go, let's go their top ten the last ten years, and let's see how they fared. Well, look at Torkelson from the Tigers. Already sent down. Yeah. You can go. You can go. Everybody tries to keep like. Here you have a generational player at 23 years old, and you're going to talk about my. Oh, my number one and two prospect. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joey Bart. How's that working out? Uh, he's You're a, not going to give up Joey Bart? He's, he's striking out at uh, one out of every two plate appearances or at bats. That's not good. We, we tend to hold on to nameless, faceless guys in this sport. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I do think the national. I mean, I feel like the Nationals are going to trade him. Because what? Do you, what, what they the, are, of course, you're going to. What, what's the other possibility? He gets offered 500 million for them, and he goes, "You know what? I'll stay." Nah, th- he th- clearly th- doesn't want to be there. That ship has sailed. It's not. It's not. It's 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 a relationship that we just lived. We just lived this. How how much do you want to ask Matt Chapman? Or are you going to stay? How we we had Scott Boris on this program not once but twice. 
What did Scott Boris? Scott Boris would not, but the writing was on the wall. He would make no commitment to the organization. If you wanted to stay here, you would say, let's get her done. We've seen what it's like when a player wants to stay here. You've seen it when a player wants to stay with an organization, right? You'll see it. They'll get the deal done. If a player wants to stay, he'll tell the agent works for you. You don't work for the agent. If you want to stay with the team you are you are playing for, you will get it done. Matt Chapman never wanted to make a commitment. He didn't want it. you and you could lie about it. You could sit here and say, I want to be in Oakland A for the rest of my life, and then turn around and have your agent negotiate to get you the hell out of here. But he wouldn't even do that. Matt Chapman wouldn't even play the game of trying to say he wanted to stay here. He always was wishy-washy. He did not want to be here. And the the same things happened. We didn't even offer $400 million. Here you have a situation, $400 and something million dollars were offered, and this guy's turned it down. Four forty. He's exactly. basically told you, do, have you seen it in writing? Uh, that's what uh, – Have you – I did, haven't did, personally seen it. Did no. you see the guy? Oh, but no. you know. Uh, that's, what, that's what the internet told me. So, if you've offered over $400 million to a guy, he's turned it down, you, you think there's not an opportunity? It ain't happening. Yep. He's going to get – now – Screw the player if I'm the organization. Excuse my language, but once again, back to I. this is the hat. I control this hat. I don't have to trade this hat. I control you right now. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to see what I can get. If I don't like it, I'm bringing it back. Well, he's not happy. Well, I don't care. I'm paying you $17 million. Go out. He's going to do everything he can to try and get the uh, optimum money. He's going to try and get the most money. So... I don't have to trade Soto. That's why, you know, my little fairy tale scenario, I'm going to do what I can do to try and get the best possible. As the A's, why not go trade for him? Why not? Why not get him in here, and then you can flip him, and then you can be the big winner of flip this house. That's how you got to play it. You got to play it like it's a cable TV show, flip this house. And if you just want it, to say we want to have a guy that's going to be the 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 signature player for our new ballpark, whether it's here or Vegas, you got that guy, which we don't think will happen. But, yeah, why not play flip this house? Why not bring him in? And then, as you're saying, a one, a two, a four, a six. We don't have that right now. What do we have in our minor league system? A lot of catchers. I mean, the top. Let's All see. the shortstops haven't worked out. Uh, well, I mean, I think Muncy's playing more second, but he's he has a lot of power, but he has no his batting average isn't there. Plus, what? he's only. In, I think he just got promoted to Midland, so, uh, not Midland, uh, Lansing. Lansing. So hitting two forty. He's a long way. Forty. He's a long way away. So you got a lot. You got a lot of guys that are a long way. You got Soderstrom, who I agree with Ken. Maybe he does play first. Maybe uh, he does. He already used to playing a little bit of first. I think he was with Stockton last year. I'm pretty sure. But all your guys right now are catchers. You trying to sell me Max Muncy? Uh, not right now. How old's Max Muncy? 19, 20. He's 20, I believe. Yeah, 20. Soto's 23. Yeah. Langoliers is older than Soto. Yeah. The MVP of the Futures game 
is older than the guy that's been the that's been in the World Series and won, and been in the league for four since he's been nineteen. So in the league I'm for just, four years. I'm just I'm not I'm not saying I want to marry him. I'm saying I want to bring him in. I want to use him, and then I want to flip him. We see we've seen it happen before. You mentioned it with Matt Holiday. That was one of the perfect examples. It happened in two thousand two. Was that two thousand nine? I mean, I, I I don't see one guy that we have. I would be okay. It's a gamble. I would be I would be betting that whatever I trade for Soto, I will get better back for him when I flip him. I agree with that. I think whatever you give up now in a year and a half, will, maybe wins an MVP. I'm just I'm just I'm saying whatever I whatever value I get out of him now and then how I flip him will be better than what I got now. Yeah. Are the the top 5 right now this is including the draft picks cuz has been updated. The top 5 prospects in the A system. Shay Langlier's 24 in Vegas. Tyler Soderstrom 20 two catchers. 20 in high A. Zach Galloff, who's just now playing again after coming off the injured list. I like him a lot. Uh, Muncie and then Gunnar Hoagland, who the A's got in the trade for. Who's hurt? Who, yeah. Who's hurt? So you got two catchers. I, I, I like Galloff. Uh, he, but he does have a torn labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. Guys get hurt. Yeah, it happens. So he's still he's, I mean, I mean, he's he's playing He's play again. and these guys get hurt. But you got two catchers. You got a high school kid that. You're now telling me he's second base? I believe he was playing some games at second base. I, I mean, let me see. No, no, he's still playing short. Sorry. He is still playing short. I got Nick Allen. I, it's another. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I, you, you, you're, you got a guy. You got a guy who's been hitting. Oh, he hits a few home runs and he hits 230. Remember Logan Davidson? Where's he's he, a double A now, right? You want to know where he's at on the top? Oh, he's way down. He's number 22 after being the first round pick in 2019. Are you telling me? I would not bet. Now, Washington's not going to take any of this, but if Washington would take the, some of this and I can get him in here and then flip him in the offseason or next trading deadline that I couldn't get better than what you were just reading off? Uh, for the sake of the show, I think that the Nationals could do better. But this is all, as Jim Harbaugh would say, hypotheticals. I am totally Jim Harbaugh <laughs> hypotheticals right now. You're trying to tell me what you just read off. If I go to MLB.com, our top 30 prospects, I couldn't bring Juan Soto in and then flip him for better than what we have now. Oh, no, you totally Where's could. Robert Poisson when I need him? Uh, he's playing in the Instructional League, and he's uh, number 19. For 5.1 million. Yeah, number 19 on the his top 30 I'm prospects. just saying. I think it's interesting. Hey, what's the number one story right now in baseball? Juan Soto. And I'm trying to get us in the... Juan Soto sweepstakes. In the story. Yeah. In the, yeah, in the, in the news cycle. Yeah, I'm trying to get us in the cycle. Why not? Why not us? I think be Oh, it's back. Why not us is back. No, that was bad. <laughs> well, you, want, you want me to talk about Wander Franco and having $650,000 of jewelry uh, we, in his car? Yeah, in a safe. In a safe in the back of his car. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, someone can't steal the safe and break into the safe? Dunning, why are you driving a Rolls Royce in Jacksonville, Florida, when you're rehabbing in AAA? I just, things like that. Things like same thing that happen, scare me. Same thing happened to A Rod when he was here for Sunday Night Baseball, and his car got. It broken was a into camera. Him. I mean, yeah, yeah, but still. A Rod, yeah. why do you have that in your car in San Francisco? But why Francisco? do you have jewelry in your car? Yeah, that makes no sense. Are you telling me the show's over? Yeah, we got to go. Got to get set up for pregame out here.
What are we running in pregame? Uh, you're going to have David Forrest. Uh, are we doing this now every Friday? Uh, it sounds like we might be doing it. We got, do we know where our background went? N- we can't use it anyway. Why? Uh, it has stuff on there that we can't use. As like what? Um, what it was brought to us by. Powered by. Oh, you can say it. What? Did, you're no. not on. You, you still act like you're in. Tra- we used to be on. Tune in. On tune in. We're now not on tune in. Yeah, we're now on iHeart. So why don't we? Why don't we be funny about it and do cutouts of iHeart over the tune in? It's tacky. We're a streaming show <laughs> with a with a gray wall right here. Uh, I got the I got the goods on how to how to do the show better next time. Oh, I was given inside info from our boss. Well, I'd like to. Hear, was there? Did he not like my? Not, did, he wants us to f- essentially flip it around, where the camera's here and we're sitting on this side, and then you can see the whole treehouse. Thank you. I love that idea. Yeah, there it is. Instead of my, this was my idea, kind of looking up because I wanted something. Yeah. Other than me, like blending into like. It'd be like camouflage me into the wall, the yeah. gray wall. But the, you do have great well, both kind of have. You like this shirt, though? Yeah, it is nice. money, sure. Uh, we'd like to thank the great Ken Korak, the voice of your Oakland Athletics. We'd like to thank Polly Winday, now Polly All-Star. Paul Blackburn was in here in the treehouse, and the general manager, David Force, obviously very busy working the phones, was four minutes late. Why? He was working the phones. Working the phones. What are we playing now? Uh, we're going to play some spots, and then that will lead us right into Coming up next, Ace Total Access. We'll have Ace Total Access brought to you by Chevron. Next, right here on Ace Cast. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than the Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.